And welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest is our regular contributor, Robert Larson. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hi, Heather. Always good to do this. Oh, it's always great to do this. And the Inland Empire has had quite a week. Uh, there was a carjacking off the 215 that got really gruesome. And uh, just how gruesome did it get? Yeah, there was a, a guy, Kerry uh, Thomas Meeks, and he's uh, been in trouble with the law over the years. And uh, some uh, kind of a manslaughter charge and on some other charges on parole or probation. Yeah, I've been, been in and out of trouble with the law. And anyway, something set him off um, it was about a week ago. And he just uh, kind of went on this sort of crazy crime spree that didn't seem to be like a a purpose as far as like it was part of a robbery or to get drugs or something. Just uh, I think he may have just wanted to kill himself and kind of do it in some grand fashion. But he, there was some uh, older man, uh, I guess he was in his sixties that, that Meeks uh, slashed his throat, didn't kill him, but slashed his throat and then carjacked another guy, an even older man, 73 years old in so he had a, at a point the the carjacking victim, the older man, he says, you know, tells him to get out of the car, and the man sort of like talked his way back in, wanted to stay in the car with this guy, and was feeling this sort of uh, I don't know, good Samaritan Christian spirit kind of thing, and thought he could save this guy and could tell he was really troubled, and that he he had said that he wanted to kill himself, and so the man was thinking, you know, I want to try to talk him out of this. Uh, but it, and so was actually staying in the car with him and was actually on a phone making a 911 call and the, the younger guy didn't try to didn't seem to stop him from doing that but at a certain point the police were in pursuit and the the younger guy slowed down and at this point really forced the old guy out of the car and then went on it his way at 100 miles per hour and went directly into a freeway pillar seemingly to purposely kill himself, which he did as the car burst into flames and the authorities couldn't even get near the car to try to put it out in time. So that was the end of that. But a kind of a really gruesome sort of action-packed kind of day. Oh, definitely. Was the car checker off his meds? or I mean, why was this happening? Uh, they didn't say anything like that. He was acting like super crazy, like zombies were chasing him, like that other guy we've talked about. More uh-huh. uh, just like he, uh, from what I can gather, you know, what's been reported in the paper is not a, a lot, a lot of detail. But uh, from what I can gather, it's just that the guy was at the end of his rope. Uh, you know, he seemed to be sort of like a three-time loser. You know, all this trouble with the law and just probably felt he had no future and just uh i'm gonna just go out with a flash today and, yeah that's yeah. one thing is feeling that you have no future is one thing but like and i fully understand the idea of why would someone kill themselves uh i've been close myself personally but i don't understand the whole mentality of i'm depressed i'm sad and i'm gonna take people with me i don't that just completely is foreign to me well, there are different mindsets, and yeah, I, I think some of the people that have felt victimized in one way or another, and some person that then they take out as their victim, maybe in some way reminds them of somebody who victimized them, or just something, they, they have that urge to uh, uh, 
turn it outward as well as inward. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, this is something I would love to talk to a psychiatrist about, like, why does this happen? Because it, it, for me, it's just one of those things that just does not make sense. Um, another thing that just doesn't make sense, three people have been killed by a person who just comes up to them at random with a knife, and they walk up to them and stab them. And uh, I apparently this guy's been caught, too. Yeah, this is a guy named David Ray Contreras of Paris, and he, uh, 25 years old, he's being accused of random and unprovoked knife attacks on uh, people out taking walks. So there were th three different uh, instances that uh, somebody just out walking the dog or just out for a walk with somebody else, but not in big crowded places, but not in totally remote areas either, but just uh, out for a walk and just slashed them, just knife attacks and, you know, no other type of, you know, violence like rape or anything of that nature, just a slashing and then on his way. And uh, so it's uh, three three different cases they know about. And uh, one, the earliest one is from December 29th. So it's going back uh, several months. And... Uh, yeah, they they don't they just recently apprehended this guy in uh Paris and not really much else they're saying about it. They're kind of keeping a little bit on as far as details about the murder weapon or you know how they found out certain things, which they do in a lot of these cases I, for various reasons until it, you know, a lot of it ends up coming out in court if there if there is a court case. No robbery associated with the stabbings, just a stab and a walk away, kind of like yeah, a pocket yeah. pickpocket. No wow. Robbery, no uh, sexual molestation, no uh, anything else. Uh, you know, no motive as far as like uh, saying something political or anything. You know, yeah. Just uh, I need to go out and slash somebody today. Yes. So uh, two different slashing uh, criminals in uh, short order one ag the actual slashing just occurred and then the other this guy's been going on for months but they just apprehended him well i'm glad he's apprehended that must be scary for the residents of the empire not knowing where that guy was yeah they've interviewed some people about it and i guess some who were saying uh yeah i, I don't go out and walk anymore others were saying uh you know i'm i'm a jogger i go out and jog i'm not gonna let it stop me and it's uh, people react to these things in different ways. Some people just uh, take a guarded uh, sort of safety approach. Others are like, I'm not going to let this change my life. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of stabbing in the back, but not not literally, just figuratively, uh, Walmart is trying to open up a super center in Wildemar. And knowing Walmart, they're probably going to ask for a bunch of tax initiatives <laughs> that kick money back to them for being so grandiose and, and uh, I don't know, extending your hand and helping the people of Wildemar by opening a shopping center there and killing jobs at the same time. What's the reception like to the uh, Walmart opening in Wildemar? Yeah, it's mixed, as you can imagine. Uh, it's it, it's not a done deal. It's uh, They're submitting a plan, and they do have the city manager who seems to be in their court. I don't know if uh, uh, just totally uh, voluntarily or of uh, political favors, yeah, yeah, money to campaigns or whatever. You know how it, how it works, Heather. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if any of that specifically is going on here, but uh, the um, city manager, Gary 
Nordquist seems to be on board with this. And uh, they've interviewed some residents who are on board as well and think, wow, this is great. It's going to bring jobs. And of course, you and I know how this plays out over the long uh, term. Yeah, it does bring some jobs initially that might not otherwise be there, but they end up being dead-end jobs, low-wage jobs, and there's other types of jobs, other types of uh, businesses that sort of go under because of it. And as you mentioned, there's all this issue with the uh, scratching the back in terms of taxes and all of this. And it's interesting because you and I have talked about Wildemar and about their uh, sort of uh, libertarian leanings and they're sort of, uh, they seem to not like uh, taxes uh, there much at all and so much so that they don't pay enough in property taxes, it seems, to support having more than two city parks. Uh, And we know that they've got some pollution issues too that seem to maybe be a result of uh, laxity and regulation. So it seems like Walmart might be a fit for that. It, Walmart seems like that. It's like like a you know the perfect glove when you know for baseball metaphor. It's just it fits just right. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping it it doesn't go through. I I kind I like that that Wildemar has a sort of rural feel to it, and that I think some of that would go away with the Walmart and all that brings with it. Yeah, because it usually brings a really crappy-looking shopping center along with it, too. Yeah, yeah, and just, uh, just yeah, ugliness. Yeah, well, you know that we would pick on Walmart for wanting tax breaks for building a store, at, you know, at a certain spot. But uh, I was reading in the Times today, the New York Times, that in Austin, Texas, uh, Apple who uh, is trying to build a like a data center or something in Austin, Texas, they're asking for a bunch of kickbacks to to build something there. And it's like, really? You're the most profitable corporation in the world and you need tax breaks to build there? It's it just like it's a modern disease of capitalism, and I don't mean to single out Walmart by any means. Yeah, well, I know. It's, it's just it's the, the nature of uh, this corporate capitalism, and it's... It's just, it's just ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I, I do wonder when the pushback is going to start in, in a major way. Um, meanwhile, the Marietta Water District wants to put a solar uh, array in the desert. A pretty good idea now that San Onofre is not an operation. But uh, industrial solar, really? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's not in the desert, desert, but it's in a sort of rural area of Marietta, which is. Uh, desert-ish but not not total desert uh anyway it's uh yeah they've got this plan for this solar array thing and i mean i'm all for solar energy but i understand your point about uh industrial solar uh uh installations and uh yeah so the residents in the area are are unhappy saying that it's an eyesore and uh it's uh so they're kind of debating this out right now of, you know, they're going to go through with this or how they're going to go through with it. I, I think it's uh, probably going to go through. It seems that's the case, but it's how, I mean, the, the way they have a, like a picture of the proposal and it's with a um, big chain link fence with barbed wire around it. So that, I mean, obviously because to keep vandals out and whatnot, but it's, um, 
It does look ugly. I mean, the, the fence, it, the people say it looks like a prison fence, which it does. And that's what some of the, the uh, residents are saying. You know, if you would at least put some shrubbery or something on the outside of the fence, some kind of berm or something, and the, a lot of them are fine. They could live with it at that point. But this just, uh, yeah, it looks like the perimeter of the prison. <laughs> yeah, well, it can, it brings to mind this oil drilling rig off the coast of Long Beach that, you know, the Long Beach didn't really want it to look like that. So, it, you know, it's got waterfalls and all sorts of things, and they're, the drilling rig looks actually like an apartment complex and not a drilling rig. So it doesn't. You, it disguises it. So that's probably the best option there. Yeah, I mean, and, and but I, your point is well taken about let's go in the direction not of these industrial uh, units and make this personal where we have the plans and the tax breaks and everything where people can put solar panels on their on their homes and their businesses or on the roof so it's just integrated into the design and you can have them as part of parking lots and parking structures it's all integrated into it and and it's uh not this big industrial unit over acres and acres and acres of what would otherwise just be open land that might be nice place for wild animals to just roam which now they can't yeah yeah that that's definitely disappointing uh, also disappointing, it's a, so something that Orange County and uh, the Inland Empire share jointly is the Ortega Highway, or as I refer to it as the best Formula One track Formula One doesn't visit. Um, <laughs> so the Ortega Highway shut down because uh, last week I, they had a fire and guardrails got destroyed. And, you know, we can't be trusted. We'll just fly off the you know side of the road if they don't have guardrails, right? Yeah, that uh, seems to be the uh, implication here. But uh, yeah, I mean the Ortega Highway. It's it's not that is our our nice connection between Orange County and the uh, inland region here. It's uh yeah the ninety one pretty much sucks. It's terrible. Like probably about eighteen to twenty hours out of the day, traffic's terrible on the ninety one. The five is not too much better, and uh, it's uh, you know you've got this nice Ortega Highways a little. Uh, mostly two-lane road that goes wind through the mountains like you said like a formula one track some really challenging turns and people do like taking their sporty cars on that and seeing you know challenging themselves i've a little guilty of that myself a couple of times but uh yeah so the the fire this was a pretty big fire header the, the falls fire it, a lot of acreage was destroyed i mean it's fire season and this happens every year, and uh, but right up there in the Ortega Highway, uh, over the last few years, they a lot of money was spent uh, upgrading the Ortega Highway and putting in some new guardrails and widening it in certain spots and putting in some uh, concrete uh, foundations where the road kind of hangs out over the cliff, so it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more sturdy and all this, and it looks nice and everything. And I've enjoyed driving on it even more than I used to. Because uh, it's kind of an upgrade, and you've built a little safer, but um, there are some spots I would feel a little funny driving there without the guardrail. I mean, uh, it's uh, yeah, I always think when I'm on a road like that, um, I'm fine. But you know, what if uh, some animal darted out in front of me, or I just somehow lost my concentration for a couple of seconds and swerved? And you're you're pretty close to a cliff in a lot of spots. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I can kind of understand that. And so there are people that actually live up there in the mountain part. 
And so they are letting these people uh, drive up in there, but only for, at certain hours of the day, only with a highway patrol um, escort. But other than that, it's going to be closed down for, I don't know, I'm thinking at least a week, but they haven't given an official time period. Uh-huh. They did the uh, California Department of Transportation has awarded $1.7 million uh, to take care of this work. And uh, so hopefully that, that'll speed things along. And that's kind of what the implication is. But yeah, you can see they have some pictures in the paper. The, the wooden posts for the guardrails are just burnt. And the, uh, it looks like the metal part is kind of even warped probably from the heat of the fire. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just a side note about the Ortega Highway. I've taken my non-sporty pickup trucks up there several times. And uh, one of the cool things about it is if you're coming from Orange County to the Inland Empire, there's two ways off the road that you don't have to go. You can be at the crest of the hill, but you don't actually have to go down the rest of the Ortega Highway. There's two dirt roads that lead off of the mountain that you can also take that are fun and treacherous and take a long time to get down, but they're great. I don't know. Have you been on those or? There are dirt roads. Yeah, there's two dirt roads. One of them leads right in the Elsinore, and then there's another one that leads out into this like horse raising country that you think that Gene Scott might still be around riding a horse. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been on those. I mean, I'm not a, a big fan of uh, of dirt roads. I like you know, like you, I'm a fan of Formula One, and I like that thrill of a. Uh, paved road and cornering at high speed and uh dirt road the off-road racing never appealed to me as much but i would just as for the scenery aspect of it to see the terrain around there i'd like to check those roads out oh yeah they're definitely pretty awesome so uh robert larson he comes to us from the other side of the cleveland national forest via skype thanks for joining us on the show this week robert thank you heather my pleasure and this of course is the heather mccoy show